Welcome to Work From The Inside Out, a podcast that highlights real-life stories, practical strategies, and best practices for transitioning your career from unhappiness and dissatisfaction to fulfillment, meaning, and joy. Now here is your host, career and executive coach, Tammy Guler loeb Hey, everybody. Welcome. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Jordan Gross. Jordan is a Northwestern and Kellogg School of Management graduate. He's also a writer, a coach, a speaker, a self-proclaimed multi-potentialite, having experienced positions in large banks like Merrill Lynch to small startup companies focused on bringing cheaper Asian delivery food to urban populations. He is a corporate refugee turned trailblazer for positive change, optimism, and the belief that our daily actions can help us all overcome stress and anxiety. He is also a best-selling author of a book called Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness. He's a TEDx speaker, and he has founded multiple companies and organizations. In his free time, you can find him listening to podcasts, at the gym, playing sports, reading Mitch album books, writing Mitch album type books, and living his own version of a cloud nine life. Please join me in welcoming Jordan Gross. Hey, Jordan. Hi, Tammy. How are you? Thank you so much for that very, very kind and extensive intro. Well, as a multi-potentialite, that is an extensive introduction. Why don't don't we start with that? Uh, That's a a big word. I haven't used that word before. I had to practice it a few times. Yeah. Um, Well, it's actually not a word. The little red line comes up on Microsoft Word when you try to type it anywhere. So it's not in the dictionary yet, but uh, multi-potentialite, yeah, it's one of my new favorite words. I only learned it in like January of this year. And basically, there's this great TEDx talk of a woman who says, when I was a kid growing up, I got asked, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I would answer, you know, traditionally, like I wanted to be an astronaut, right? And the people who asked me thought the conversation was over, but it definitely was not over, right? So I said, I want to be an astronaut, but I also want to be a teacher. And I also want to be an athlete. And I also want to be a musician and a dancer. And that's the way that I felt growing up too. I never really thought there was just going to be one thing. I always wanted to have more than one thing. So basically the woman in this talk says, uh, you know, she grew up thinking that she was not normal because everybody Mm. told her like, you need to just pick the one thing that you're going to do. Mm. But as she grew up and met more people um, and had the opportunity to pursue a TED talk on the stage, she she revealed to people that she still didn't have one thing that she wanted to do. She had a lot of different interests. She was not afraid to pursue them. And uh, that's the way that I live my life as well. I've had a lot of different interests and I'm not afraid to dip my toe in at first and then dive right into the deep end for them. So uh, that's that's my multi-potentialiteness in me. I, I love it. And I have to share with our listeners that when you and I first became acquainted, uh-huh. that I think you reached out to me on LinkedIn and yeah. very enthusiastically <laughs> because you have a goal of being on 90 podcasts in 90 days. So my first right. thought was, 
okay. <laughs> and then my and then I checked you out and I looked at your LinkedIn profile and I saw all the things you had done and I looked at your graduation dates and I said, wait a minute, he's the same age as my daughter. <laughs> you probably 24. thought I was so fraud. Yeah. Well, I just thought, who does this guy think he is? Like, what the hey? So I agreed to talk to you thinking I was going to call you on it. Uh-huh. And I loved it because <laughs> when we got we got on the call together and I mean almost immediately you were so ready for me to call you on it. Like I'm sure I wasn't the first one. You're and it not. wasn't even that I was trying to be mean about it. I was just like, "Come on, you're 24. How could yeah, you possibly have written a book?" done a TEDx talk, started companies, worked in investment banking, et cetera, uh -huh. et cetera, et cetera. And then I'd say within 10 minutes of us talking, I realized, oh my God, he has done all those things. <laughs> yeah. In one and way or another. Not like that, but he's a really nice guy on top. Oh, of well, that's the most important thing. And I'll let, I'll make sure to tell my mom that that's what you said. <laughs> well, you can have her listen to this episode. She that. will. Oh, she definitely will. But I, I would say that you're probably my youngest guest so far. And yet, you know, what I love about your story so far, and we know uh -huh. so much more to look forward to is yeah. it proves a point that I actually have made before over and over again. And that is that we all bring different life experiences with us, um, mm -hmm. regardless of how long we've been on this planet. And yeah. we can learn a lot from each other. So I I'm delighted to have you here today so that we can learn from, you know, all that you have, have done so far, but, but also who you are in the world, because clearly you've been, you know, as you said, like, even as a younger kid, you always mm -hmm. wanted to be more than one thing. And, yeah, that's right. and I think that that's something that a lot of other people maybe can't relate to, but, but yeah. yet can learn from, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe walk us through a little bit of, of some of the things that you, that you have done. Um, yeah. I was going to say in your early life, but um, <laughs> yeah, early, I think early life where I'm like, well, wait a minute, where is he now? Well, I guess, uh -huh. you know, you're certainly not not middle aged yet, but um, <laughs> but you know, just give, give us a little bit of background and and how that has evolved to you wanting to do ninety podcasts in ninety days. Yeah, so I can I can give you a little bit of background. I'll go through all the different things that I've done in my past, which might take a little bit, but I'll try to speed through. All right. So actually, Tammy, like even though I knew as a kid it, there wasn't just one thing. My answer always growing up was that I wanted to be a professional soccer goalie. That was my number one thing. Sports was always the biggest for me. And soccer was ultimately what I decided to pursue in the sports world. So I was a super hard worker. And then in high school, I was captain of the soccer team and I got some good grades. So, you know, the next logical step was go to a good school. And uh, when I got there, you know, try out for the soccer team. So that's what I did. I got to Northwestern in Chicago and still it was almost very much going through the motions at the time. Hmm. So I was there and, you know, now I was in, in college and the next logical step was, okay, now you're, you're in college, get good grades and then go, get good internships. Right. So the people around me, the, the older people in my fraternity, 
they would say, you know, you got to get into investment banking or consulting because that's where you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to have a good life, right? So my sophomore year, I had an internship at Merrill Lynch doing private wealth. And then my junior year, I had an internship at a boutique consulting firm. So those were like my two experiences where I got accustomed to that world. And actually, thankfully, uh, looking back, I didn't, I decided that that wasn't for me. You know, I learned what I didn't want to do. Then after that, I just didn't have, you know, the return offer from an internship that so many traditionally have. So I decided to go back to school. And the reason why I wanted to go back to school was because I had my first taste of entrepreneurship. The end of my junior year, I started an Alzheimer's awareness organization where my grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's when I was a, a junior in college and, or I was actually a sophomore, but my junior year, I decided to start the organization where we, we raised funds for Alzheimer's awareness at an undergraduate level. And we actually partnered with Northwestern's Cognitive Virology and Alzheimer's Disease Center um, to support their missions and really know where our money was going rather than just donate to the Alzheimer's Association. So I was running that group and I wanted to learn more about being a really good leader and, and managing uh, a team and things like that. So I went to Kellogg for a master's in management studies. And I'll be honest with you, Tammy, um, the work itself was difficult, but it wasn't very time consuming. So mm. I had a lot of free time on my hands that year. And being in the entrepreneurial world, like even in, from a nonprofit point of view, I really wanted to dive more into helping startup companies. So I was listening to a lot of, you know, business related Tony Robbins type podcasts and reading books, you know, how to win friends and influence people, think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill. And I always came from a place of wanting to add value. I knew that's where people would be most receptive. So I reached out to a couple startup companies. And like you heard in my bio, I ended up working with one called Chow Bus, which was an Asian delivery food company where they tried to bring Asian food to urban populations, like very authentic Asian food. Um, I worked with a company called Wise Apple, which was doing food meal kits, like healthy meal kits for elementary and middle school students. Huh. Um, and then I actually started my own startup company, um, two, uh, in which one was a food delivery service where I would make meals for my roommates. And then that turned into me like making one meal a night for people around Chicago and then the funny story there was I gave away a little dessert treat uh, called a mandel, like a Jewish mandel bread cookie, oh, yeah. which I called mandels because my mom made them. <laughs> and uh, my mom has MS. So mandels, I capitalized the M and the S. And I did, you know, I, I wanted to do like one of those Tom shoes, like philanthropic capitalist company yeah. where I would yeah. sell the treats and uh, give money to the MS society. So those were two endeavors that I pursued just while I was in school. But then if you notice a little bit of a theme there, it was all in the food world, right? Yeah. So I realized that I, you know, I should continue to pursue my passion. So which seemed at the time to be food and, and restaurants and that life. So after my degree was up, I decided to get a position in a leadership and management program with Hillstone Restaurant Group. Hmm. which is a privately owned, very large, very successful organization with restaurants all around the United States. So there I was in this program thinking that it was, you know, like I had saw, I had cracked the case. I was pursuing what I wanted to do at a very young age. It was a prestigious role. I was in a management leadership role, like leading people who were three times my age. 
Um, and I had to suffer or face the harsh reality that sometimes passion and hobby, uh, should be left as passion and hobby. Like you don't need to immerse yourself and have a career in something like that, Hmm. but I'm so glad I did it because now I have the stories to tell. Um, even though I was working like 15 hour days, I was like physically and mentally exhausted. Hmm. But anyway, Tammy, where that leads us to is, uh, me realizing that, you know, I needed to take control of my own life. And I looked at the people who were three to five years ahead of me, five to 10 years ahead of me down the road. And I said, you know, I don't think this is what I want to be. Um, they were just making a lot of money, but they were pretty much doing the same thing. Like there were no, there was no room for growth and development, no real innovation or creativity. Like I pride myself on. Yeah. So I had to reevaluate and I, I quit with absolutely no plan really, which I don't recommend unless you're a certain type of person, kind of like myself, where yeah. unless really you're figure. like, unless you're like, yeah. you, <laughs> yeah, where you could just kind of, you're comfortable with figuring things out as they go and then sort of rolling with the punches. Right. So what I did was I know I, I had been reflecting on how I stayed optimistic and positive and energetic, even during these long days in the chaotic restaurant world where so many of my colleagues were, you know, overstressed, overworked, overtired. And I decided to, to share that. So I ended up self-publishing that book, Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness, which very specifically is a five-step C-O-M-F-Y morning routine where, yeah, you just, you know, use it to overcome stress and anxiety. But then after that, I decided to create a business out of it where I was speaking to high school students, college students, startup companies, uh, really transitioning that C-O-M-F-Y mentality to overcoming any daunting situation. So it was almost like a pregame routine for anything that scared you. So that led to a little bit of one-on-one coaching as well, like a little bit of mindset coaching, led to a little bit of leadership coaching. So I got Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder-Centered Certification. I was the youngest, not in the world, I think I'm the second second youngest in the world to get that certification, first youngest in the United States, where I wanted to, to work with startup founders in terms of their leadership skills and development and continue working on their mindset. But then... I had this this weird car ride in an Uber where I passed a boat called Cloud Nine, and I started thinking about what the Uber driver and I had talked about with what Cloud Nine meant to him, and it had to do with family, it had to do with children, getting married, um, passion, work, and I drafted a, uh, a manuscript for a fiction novel all about the different transformative life experiences we could have that lead to our Cloud Nine lives, hmm. and that's what I did. So I wrote a fiction book in the next couple of weeks. So that's still sitting, you know, in uh, editing phase. But right now what I'm doing, like where we are today is I'm just talking to people on this cloud nine journey of my own to understand what cloud nine looks like on a daily and life basis for others. And uh, I, I want to share that with, with you, with your listeners, with everybody mm-hmm. so that you can better attain a cloud nine life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I'm on this podcast mission to mm-hmm. to get it out there. And there there are other reasons we can talk about too. But I'm really here, you know, talking about what Cloud Nine means and what it's all about, and sharing how to spread Cloud Nine with other people. Mm. Yeah. So I know that Comfy is an acronym for something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So this yeah, is partly right. how your book is based, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's the, the first book for sure. And yeah, let's talk about that for a moment and then we'll go, we'll go forward to cloud nine, but I, yeah, no, I just want to share this. Cause I love, I love what yeah. you did with the, with the, um, with the acronym. Yeah. It's, I really love it. I really do. And uh, so comfy, I like to be fun when we do this. All right, Tammy. So we'll, we'll get a little interactive. Okay. So, so C, so both you and I, let's do just three seconds in through the nose and three seconds out through the mouth. Deep breath. Okay. okay? Ready? One, two, three. All right. So we just did the C part of the comfy routine, which okay. stands for calm. Calm. So if you're looking at it as a morning routine, so many of us wake up and we're startled by the sounds of our alarm clocks, right? Yeah. So the first thing that I recommend to do is to start your day coming from a place of calm rather one that seems like it's all crazy and chaotic, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're doing like a quick morning routine like you and I are, quick deep breath is something that you can definitely do. If you have, you know, like 30 minutes to an hour for your morning routine, then you can do yoga, meditation, you can do go for a walk, you know, something that just really puts your mind at ease. Yep. Yep. So nice. that's C. So tell me something that you're afraid of. Um, something I'm afraid of. Yeah. Hmm. I'm afraid that something will happen to the people I love near and dear to me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's openness, right? So openness is the part of our routine where we're getting all of our thoughts and feelings out of our head and we're putting it out there into the world. So what okay. you and I did was openness um, with another person where you can either, you know, send a message, you can call somebody in the morning and really, you know, get the thoughts out there. But what openness can also be is, and what I do is in the form of journaling. So uh -huh. I write down, you know, things that I'm afraid of. I write down things that I've accomplished. I write down things that I'm grateful for because keeping them in my mind is not going to benefit me like it is if I put them out there into the open. So that's mm -hmm. O. Okay. M. We won't do it now because <laughs> no one can see us, but M stands for movement. Mm -hmm. So movement is, there's so much research out there as to the importance of exercise. But for me, honestly, a walk, a run, a jog, a weightlifting session, it literally turns on my brain and my body. Mm -hmm. So that's the importance of it for me. It's not even like a physical, like trying to look good kind of thing. It's more just I, I can think well with the movement. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have F and F is actually my favorite part. So F stands for funny. Mm -hmm. So when I wake up, I think it should all be about smiling, right? I think too many of us in society, I like to say we turn on CNN when in reality, I think that we should turn on a PNN, a positive news network, <laughs> right? That is filled with videos that make us laugh, pictures that make us laugh, quotes that inspire us, things that really make us smile yeah. um, rather than things that are tragic or devastating, right? So if we start the day, if we go into a situation that's, that's terrifying with a smile on our face, you know, realizing that things are funny in this world, you know, serious things happen, but the best way to respond and not react impulsively to them is to, by not taking ourselves too seriously. Yeah. So, so having that funny aspect of the morning routine for me is just like, that puts me on a different level. I thought um, when you said, 
Well, some of us turn on CNN and I'm thinking, oh, are you going to tell us we should turn on Comedy Central or something? Uh, no, I mean, sure. If that's your cup of tea, if it's going to make you laugh, then absolutely. You know, I yeah. talked to somebody the other day who said, you know what? I never thought of that before. But now that I think of it yesterday morning, literally yesterday morning, I watched a comedy special while I was on my morning run instead mm -hmm. of listening to music. And mm -hmm. I had one of the best days I've ever had. Yeah. So maybe coincidence. I don't know. But uh, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. It, you know, exactly. it's a great way to start the day, right? Yeah, exactly. So then finally, we have why and why stands for you or your choice. So it's a great way to wake up or go into whatever you're about to do and just end on a note with something that you truly want to do that nobody else is telling you to do rather than something that you have to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, this full circle loop of routine in general is for you. It's so that you optimize who you are, obviously coming from the inside out. Mm -hmm. um, in order to best help other people. You know, I always say you can be the most selfless person in the world, right. which, you know, one of my pursuits is to help uh, millions and millions of people, but yeah. I can't do that optimally if I am not, you know, self-aware, if I am not self-reflecting, if I am not taking care of myself. Right. So that's right. what the routine is all about. Ah, oh, I love it. Yeah. I loved it the first time you told me about it and I love uh -huh. it even more now. That's great. Yeah. I just, just to close it out. So you mentioned, you know, the TEDx talk, and there's also a little bit yeah. of a double meaning with the comfy word. So obviously comfy is short for comfortable or comfort, right? Yeah. And the way I structured my TEDx talk was, I think so often in this personal growth and development world, we're just, you know, told to do something, right? And there's an authority figure who's done research, and that's great. And then they say, here's what you should be doing to live your life. but you know, something like what the talk was about getting outside your comfort zone, that's really difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wanted to present a little bit of a how to get outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So the way I structured the TEDx talk was first, in order to get outside of your comfort zone, you have to get comfy with who you are, which I mentioned before. Secondly, once you're comfy with who you are, you need to deliberately get outside of your comfy zone because that is where you grow the most. Mm -hmm. But then in order to get comfy outside of the comfy zone, you need to practice this five-step mm. routine. So that's how the talk ended up. And it's all about that comfort and the, and the uh, discomfort. So that was what I talked about. Oh, I love it. So you had a goal for a long time mm. of, really making it as a soccer goalie. Mm, yeah. What was the turning point on that for you? Because uh, clearly you didn't become a professional soccer player, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So what happened there? Yeah. So I think this leads to a great conversation about handling rejection. Oh, right. Okay. So I'll preface it by saying this. I have had one of the most fortunate lives I could ever imagine. You know, I have supportive parents, I have health, I have family, I have friends, I have so many great things going for me. And I, I have experienced a tremendous amount of adversity and not getting exactly what I want. Mm. So this is, this is how the soccer story went. 
to start too, it's like, I was getting everything that I wanted. I had the tremendous amount of privilege. I was the number one goalie in New York state from ninth through 11th grade. And then I got to 12th grade when recruiting season was really in, in its prime time. And uh, I'm only five foot nine. So being, I was obviously being a goalie coaches valued taller people. Oh, so a lot of the times I would make it to, you know, the last couple people and I would have the skill, I would work harder than them. I would really, anything that was within my control, I took care of and, you know, no knocks there. But when it came to things that were outside of my control, um, take it like height, physicality at the time, I, that's where I kind of lost. And I was always, you know, there were like six schools. I remember where it was between myself and another guy. And each time it was, you know what, we're going to take the other guy. Mm. We think that they have more potential than you. And in the whole process, I probably reached out to 25 schools and I had to hear no from 25 different schools. Mm. So uh, I didn't stop though. So I didn't stop. And when I got to Northwestern, I got in on my academic merits. Um, But the thing that I did was I kept training and I kept training and I got in touch with the coach. So again, It's all about relationships and reaching out to people and communicating. And I was invited to their training camp. And after going to training camp where I honestly didn't perform as well as I could have, Mm. I was still offered a spot as a practice player on the team. So it was then that I really had to make the decision, be a practice player on a team where it's going to take up the majority of my life or experience college, you know, play on the cup, the club team, still enjoy and love soccer, but give up on the overall dream of being a professional soccer goalie. Yeah. So it was a really hard moment where I had to evaluate both sides of things. Yeah. And I decided to go not with being on the soccer team, but Mm -hmm. I I couldn't have, you know, I look back with no regrets because every single thing that happened in college, every single experience that I've had has led me to what I'm doing now. And what I'm doing now is unbelievable. I decided to include some other things in my life. So there, you know, there comes my curiosity, there comes my multi-potentialite isms into the picture, because I didn't just want to focus on one thing anymore. But uh, the second thing is, I had to appreciate all the work that I put in. And when you're facing rejection, when you're getting turned down, be it in soccer, or in the job search process, or really with anything in life, you have to come from a place of, well, I'm still great, I still achieve this. I got to this point. I made it to the final round of interviews and so many others didn't, even though it's not a comparison game. So maybe you don't say, and so many others didn't, but, uh, you know, I I have achieved and accomplished so much. Mm -hmm. There are factors that are outside of my control Mm -hmm. that led to this decision and I can't change that. So I can only do what I am in control of. And that's how I'm going to push forward. Right. Right. I, I think it's a very, a very healthy perspective too. Mm -hmm. I think too often we get, caught up in what we don't have control over and we allow that to really zap our energy and our spirit. Yeah. It really does get in the way of us taking control of the things that we do. We can take control over. And the fact that you figured that out already at this point in your life is, (laughs) is a gift. You know, it really is. I don't know that I I had that figured out, um, in my mid twenties. I don't think so, but, uh, good for you for, for being astute and, and for really seeing that. That's Thanks. great. That's great. Thanks. So let's do a little fast forward from those days yeah. to, to cloud nine. Yeah. Um, and, and talk a little bit about that and 
I love the way you're like, well, so I wrote a book and then, <laughs> then I wrote another book and I know that writing a book is a lot of hard work. So you make mm-hmm. it sound like it just kind of like came out of, you know, well, okay, <laughs> okay. So now my age is going to come out and I'm going to say, you know, I, I wrote my, my computer in college was called a Smith Corona. So uh-huh. you know, I'm thinking writing a book, I'm thinking I wrote, I wrote my thesis in college by hand and then oh, typed it on the Smith Corona. I can't imagine. Handwriting. I know you can't imagine. You, your hand must get so tired. <laughs> Well, I have a very strong hand now. I bet. Yeah. I I bet people's hands are going to be weaker because I went through a lot of legal pads too, (laughs) but I did, I wrote everything by hand and then, and then typed it up. And, uh, and if you miss a line, you can't, you got to (laughs) just type the whole page again. So yes, I would say that there are elements of the writing process that probably have been streamlined with computers, but but still in all, it's still a ton of work. And even self-publishing, you're still going to put yourself through your paces. So you must be a really fast writer or a quick writer or, or something. But um, so you've written <laughs> this piece of fiction now yeah. about Cloud9, but it sounds like there's a bit of the, of the Cloud9 vision or philosophy that you're trying to incorporate in your business now too. Is that right? Yes, that is absolutely writing. And Cloud9 has a lot of different layers at this point. And to quickly address the writing, the, the actual fiction side of things. Yeah. Um, I will say this, Tammy. I had studied and understood the concept, or sorry, I, I didn't understand actually until I experienced it. The concept of flow, like the positive psychology concept yep. of flow, where yep. you know you lose track of time, you lose track of eating, you lose track of going to the bathroom, right? And I never really experienced that even with all of the comfy stuff, which I thought was, you know, my true, my true purpose for so long, like, yeah, and it it still is because it has something to do with providing other people the opportunity to smile and think differently and act differently and live differently. Mm -hmm. But Tammy, when I had that experience with the Uber driver, and my mind started racing, and I outlined the book, and then I started working on the first chapter, and then I started researching for the second chapter. And then I started working on the second chapter. And then I researched for the third chapter. And then I worked on the third chapter. Every single day, it was like a machine was coming out of me. Like I did, mm. I, I would read what I wrote and just think like, did I say that? How did I, how did I come up with that? And it was really like an out-of-body experience. Nice. And yep. the whole process of writing was like really a cloud nine experience for me because I, it was something that I looked forward to each and every day. Mm -hmm. So I think that leads us well into the different aspects of, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people and learning what cloud nine means to them. And it's really broken down between cloud nine moments you can have throughout a day and a cloud nine life. Basically the cloud nine life in my view one, it, it has the transformative life experiences that I've heard through other people's anecdotes mm-hmm. that really occur um, for a life to, to truly be uh, the way that you want it to have occurred. Mm-hmm. And then two, for me, the cloud nine life is making decisions based off of your intuition and your heart and your gut, rather than making decisions that are based off of societal expectations. Mm-hmm. Oh, from the inside out. Exactly. There we go. Uh huh. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, 
that's pretty much uh, what we have. And, and through the, you know, I, I've really tried to diversify the range of people who I've spoken to. Mm-hmm. So I've spoken to people anywhere from, you know, my grandmas who are 90 and 86 years old. Mm-hmm. And when they're talking about their cloud nine lives, they're, you know, very quick in this 90 year life to really just mention, you know, the day they got married, the day they, that their kids were born, the day that their grandkids were born to people like myself who, you know, friends of mine who just can attribute a cloud nine moment to the other day when they were on top of the world during a great dance class, you know, like it's very different. And that's, you know, it comes full circle again. Like I want it to be all about interpretation and I want people to realize for themselves what they need to look forward to Mm -hmm. every day in order to have like a cloud nine day and what they need to look forward to in their lives in order to encapsulate this cloud nine life. Yeah. So what started as a, an Uber ride turned into a book outline has turned into a piece of fiction, but now it sounds like it's really turning into nonfiction. Yeah. So here's the the story with that. And for the last year and a half, I have been immersed in this nonfiction personal growth and development world. And I've loved every second of it. But for me, I'm always trying to think a little bit differently, right? How can I present similar messages in different ways? Like, again, that theme of interpretation and and how can you create something that's more your own? Mm -hmm. So for me, having read and listened to so many different people in this world, I think a lot of the information was not really becoming new anymore, or I wanted to see it presented in a different way. Mm -hmm. So in my bio, you mentioned Mitch Albom, right? And Mitch Albom's books like Tuesdays with Maury or The Five People You Meet in Heaven. And uh, he's really created these stories where you can really get into the characters. You can really see the development of the the plot. Um, But also at the end of the day, there are so many life lessons in there rooted in personal growth and development, how to live optimally um, that he's trying to have you take away. Right. right. So I wanted to do the same thing, a similar thing mm-hmm. with these transformative cloud nine experiences and what cloud nine uh, I was interpreting based off of the people who I talked to. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to write a story that sort of juxtaposed a man's life where he made decisions based off of what others wanted him to do that led him down a not so good path mm. versus the decisions he could have made, which was always what he wanted to do that led him to his cloud nine life. I see. So the last thing there is, is also, um, you know, the one drawback or the one stigma that I found in the personal growth and development world is that, you know, these authoritative figures are sort of demand, not, not so much demanding, but telling others what to do. Here's yeah. how you have to live a good life, right? Like that's right. self-help. And a lot of people love that because they need right. to go to an expert to live that kind of life. Right. But I don't want to just appeal to that kind of person. I want to really spread it, spread the message out wide. So mm-hmm. to the people who think like that, I wanted to say, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Right. I'm going to present a story where you decide what to do. Right. Based on the story. So that's where the fiction comes in. But uh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to give it the proper research and the interviewing yeah. and uh, all the background necessary so that I was able to accurately portray um, the cloud nine versus the non cloud nine life. Yeah, well, I guess I don't want you to give it away, but I, I'm just now I'm very curious about 
the the story because yeah. what's one person's cloud nine life is not going to be another person's cloud nine life. So right. the book is a is it a a compilation of stories or is it all about one fictitious person? It's all about one fictitious person, and actually, it's a journey through the clouds. So it's all the way from cloud one to cloud nine. And on oh. each cloud, he's learning and having a different transformative life experience. Mm. One that he un- that he went through in his actual life mm-hmm. uh, versus one that he experiences in the clouds, which ultimately would lead to his cloud life. So wow. I, I, if you want, we could run through the different clouds and it won't give too, uh, too much away, but it's more so the, the principles that I've um, learned and understood from other people as to what we must encounter in our lives in order to lead like this cloud nine life. Well, let's do it. All right. So cloud, and it really, it's also cool because it works through a person's entire lifespan, right? So Mm. I guess I'll just get into it. So first and foremost, the cloud nine stories that I've heard, some of them incorporate a, the concept of playfulness. Mm -hmm. So you need to have play involved in your life. So the book starts with obviously the the reality versus cloud nine and the the scenarios have to do with the the protagonist his name is Jerry Jerry um, experiencing play mm-hmm. right and in one world play gets interrupted versus in the cloud world he's able to continue to play and have mm-hmm. that as mm-hmm. a part of his life so that's that's number one cool number two moving forward so it's like Jerry in high school is friendship and camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned this a few times now, but relationships are everything in this world, the people who you surround yourself with. So cloud nine moments are, are really derived from the people who we spend our time with. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's principle number two, cloud number two. Cloud number three is love. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, Jerry with his significant other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so many people talk about their wedding day. Mm-hmm. as their cloud nine moment, you know, their absolute pinnacle euphoric moment. Mm-hmm. So I had to include that. Mm-hmm. Cloud number four is about having children. Yeah. Cloud number five is then about having grandchildren. So I told you I, I interviewed my two grandmas. Yeah. And I don't know whether it was out of, you know, flattery because they meant it, but they said, you know, when their grandchildren was born, were born, was, uh, you know, that was their cloud nine moment. So mm-hmm. obviously I equate that with leaving some sort of legacy yeah. and uh, knowing that, you know, you're going to have people who are carrying out your, your values, your ideals and, and your name. Mm-hmm. Cloud six is something related to ambition and mm-hmm. accomplishment. And whether that is in, in career or something entrepreneurial, um, a lot of people would talk about this moment that they remembered where, they were just on top of the world because they they made a change or they achieved something great in their business or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cloud seven kind of comes full circle and it has to do now with uh, with your parents and the relationship you have with your parents mm-hmm. and how that that develops from something that's like you are you're the one who's getting all the support to you're the one who is giving the support uh, at the end. Yeah. yeah, so it really comes full circle. And a lot of people talk about, you know, their, the last couple of weeks they had with their, with their parent. If, you know, I was interviewing older people yeah. or just the relationship they have with their parents, you know, now they, they're friends, you know, if, if you're like, like my age, I like to consider my parents like 
my friends now because yeah. you know, we can just get along so well. In the book, we get up to cloud eight, which is in our lives, it's sort of like this realization that our entire life has been this cloud nine journey and mm-hmm. that each and every moment, each and every day, we can be experiencing cloud nine by the fact that we should be here and in the moment. Mm. Um, and then cloud nine is for anybody out there, whether you know it's the worst day in the world, whether it's been the worst year in the world, cloud nine is this theme of reinvention and resurrection. Mm. And what I mean by that is when you're on cloud nine, it gives you this opportunity to become a, a, a different person, right? You have the chance to live according to the cloud nine principles. You have a chance to, no matter what happened in the past, move forward and mm-hmm. live ultimately your, your cloud nine life. So in terms of, you know, what you're doing these days, so you've, you're mm-hmm. in the process of finishing that up now. Yeah. So what, what is, what is life? What is life looking like for you right now? So I actually schedule my day now um, into periods, kind of like I'm back in high school or something. And <laughs> I've got like 13, 45 minute periods per day mm. where I'm working on different things, right? So a lot of what I'm doing right now at the moment is this podcast search. So mm-hmm. going on 90 podcasts in the next 90 days, that obviously entails a lot of outreach. And then I also do Cloud9 coaching where mm-hmm. I work with people. I try to find, you know, their, in terms of work, something that's really meaningful and purposeful. Mm-hmm. So I, I do that as well a little bit. So you're working with mostly individuals? Yeah, individuals. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if people want to find you or learn more about your work, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, really simple. Journey to cloud9.com. Okay. And that's all spelled out and everything you ever could want or need to know about me, about Cloud9, is it's all on that website. And the one thing I will ask um, very simply is if you want to put your email in every Tuesday and Thursday, I send a 90-second video of somebody explaining their Cloud9 moment. And it's just cool. a way to wake up and, and get a daily dose of happiness. I send it early in the morning. So, you know, you open up the inbox and you just watch this cool video of somebody, you know, describing their Cloud9 moment. Jordan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You are the epitome of, uh, I don't even know if I want to call it work from the inside out. I think it's life <laughs> life from the inside life. out. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot more from you. It means a lot to you know, me. Going forward. And uh, I'm really excited to see where this all goes. It's been really fun talking with you and hearing about how you think about things and what you're doing with your life. And um, thank you so much for being here today. Likewise, Tammy. Thank you so much for taking the time, for taking a chance on me, for <laughs> listening listening and hearing out a 24-year-old kid. So <laughs> this was really wonderful. And, and thank you so much again. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jordan Gross. It was so inspiring to learn about his journey so far and how he has innovated his way into so many interesting opportunities and experiences. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Is there something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come? Share what resonated with you in the show notes at workfromtheinsideout.com. 
look for episode 033. That's also where you'll find all the links and resources from today's podcast. Are you thinking about what's next for you? Ready to consider your options or begin a process of exploration to get the clarity, energy, and plans you need to move forward? I am piloting a small group for four to six professional women who are curious, willing, and ready to engage in a three-month program that offers the information, inspiration, and support you need to get where you are going next. Cohorts are beginning in mid-September 2019. By the completion of the group, you will be refreshed and ready to take on new endeavors. Are you interested? Do you have questions? Contact me through my website or via email, and we will schedule a conversation to explore the possibilities. If you enjoyed this episode with Jordan, please share it with your friends and colleagues, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's show. Remember, subscribing is always free. Are you enjoying the podcast? I'd love to read your review on Apple Podcasts. It's easy to find my page at TammyGoolerLobe.com forward slash Apple. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, it's never too late or too impossible to increase your sense of fulfillment and satisfaction in your work and other meaningful activities. Let me know how it's going for you. And who knows, maybe you'll be my next interview on this podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Work From the Inside Out podcast. For more information, you can find us at www.workfromtheinsideout.com.